think hard, think hard about who you would want to trade with. Is it worth it? Or do you just feel obligated to do it? Um, I used to do a lot of trading back in the day. And then I was like, I will never trade again. Like Mm -hmm. it just got, it was awkward. It gets Mm -hmm. to be awkward. And then not just for you, but maybe the other person as well, where they're like, what if they don't end up liking their hair and they want to go to someone else, but they owe you services or, you know, vice versa. And it's messy. Welcome to the Messy Hairstylist Podcast. I'm Kelsey Morris. And I'm Abby Warther. Whether you are a mess literally or figuratively, we are here to help you take imperfect action to find your success as a hairstylist. I think there are two different types of stylists. Mm -hmm. Stylist number one, they want their hair done. They book an appointment with their friend. They go online. Stylist number two, comes in and they're like, does anyone have time to put foils in my hair right now? Now. Yeah. I need it done right this so second. True. What type of stylist are you? Um, I am I've done both. It depends on what it's for. I've done both. I'm not, I'm not both. I if I really want it done by somebody else, um, I will book something out like for that week with them, but not yeah. way in advance. Um, or I just do it myself. I bet you can't guess which type I am. Uh, last minute, who can put foils in my hair right now? I might go red today, but I might not. I think I might want to do cowboy copper, but maybe I'll stay <laughs> blonde. Should I put extensions in or should I cut it short? Right, right. Is that you? That's me. Yeah. That's me. It is. And actually, 98% of the time, this is what happens. My friends in the salon will be like, <clears throat> we need to do your hair today. I'm like, oh, do we really? Yeah. Do we really have they to? I hate to. Getting my I hair hate done. Getting my hate hair it. done too. I They're know. like, no, no, no. It, it's bad. Like it has to happen today. We have like yeah. a little bit of time. Like, but you know, there I it's torturous, but it always is better when I get it done. So no, I am definitely not a planner head. I'm just like either I decide today is the day I have an hour, someone throw hi- some highlights in and I'll rinse it out or paint a few pieces and I'll yes. tone it myself. Or, you know, they force me into it. Well, that's what it always is. We're not really getting it all done beginning to end. Never. It's like, just get it started and I'll figure out who can shampoo and if and when it gets toned and you're always leaving wet. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yeah. Now, okay. How nice that your coworkers annoy you and say, you have to get your hair done. Mine look the other way. They do not want to do my hair and I will tell you why and not because they're mean people. This is a head of hair. It's a project. Uh, it, there's no, let's throw a quick this or that into my hair. It's a commitment. Happy, you know so, I have so much hair too. It's the most hair. You do. So I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. that must mean I'm just that like that far gone that they can no longer <laughs> stand to look at me. This looks that bad. Also, I th- I do have to talk them down because they're very, very nervous to do my hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do have that. So like they don't want to be asked for me to to do for them to do my hair. But here's what I say: because I have a ton of hair, I'm like I am grateful for anything. You can take a huge chunk out of it. You can give me a big orange bleed mark. I don't care. I just want somebody else to do it for me. And so once I tell them that, then they're okay. But um, yeah, it takes a lot. I mean, it probably takes eighty grams of color just to do my retouch. Oh, wow, so. yeah. Yeah. It's not so. I don't it's normally have to have a retouch. It's just like painted or highlights, but it, it takes a lot as well. So I think today's topic of conversation is about other doing other stylists hair. Like 
What are the rules behind it? Are there rules behind it? Ooh, are people it's are you spoken rules? Yes. I was like, is Ooh. there a fear behind it? Um, you know, are you paying each other? Are you trading? Yes. Like, what are all the go behinds for doing another hairstylist hair? I love this. So where do we start? Are we paying or is there a system? What are we going to start with? So let's start with this. Let's talk first and foremost about um, the people in your salon that you work with directly. In my salon, um, we all, we pretty much just trade. Mm-hmm. Um, there are the three of us who trade amongst each other and we we pretty much do each other's hair all the time. Um, and then there's the other three and they kind of trade amongst themselves and do their yeah. each other's hair. Um, you got to get if, in. You got to get in with the group in your salon. Well, it's not anyway, meant not to, your salon, but I'm just saying, like any salon, yeah, you got to find like a hair your group. way in. You got to find your, you, you know, hair Who people are your and people like, you trade with. Trade with because it. I don't feel like it should ever be like a one sided thing where it's like, Ugh. you know, so and so is always doing my hair, but like I never have time to do theirs. Mm-hmm. That's very unfair. And if yes. it's going to be like that, then you should pay them to do yes. it because it's not fair if you're not going both ways. That yes. is where I am. I pay because I don't have time to do anybody else's hair anymore. Exactly. Unless it's like a couple weeks ago when the girls was like, can you just chop my hair off and give me a French haircut? Yes, I could. It worked. Right. Um, but I pay. I pay. Right. And I just think that you you have to be conscious about that. No you one do. is obligated to do your hair. And just because you work in a salon, this isn't hair school where you're getting a ch- you know checked off for doing a head of hair. Yes. It's, you're taking someone's time and and money from them. So you know it has to work in both parties' favor. So that's what we do in my salon. Um, and then there have been times where one of the other girls has done my hair and I've just paid her or she's paid me and vice versa. Um, So I think that system works really well with us. And like you said, I think sometimes when we're doing another hairstylist hair, there's that fear of, of, oh gosh, I don't want to mess it up. And they're so picky and blah, blah, blah. So we have this little thing in our thing. We make the stylist who's getting their hair done, mix their own color, Yes. Mix their own lightener. Use their own color too. Use their own color, use their own lightener, and then tell us exactly what they want it toned with. So it's not coming back on anybody. Like this is a you problem. You did your own hair. I'm just your hands. Yes. I love that. However, I cannot formulate for myself. Mm, Well, I can't. You You don't have that. You can formulate for yourself. Yeah. Oh, I choose the weirdest formulas. Like it's like, where did, I don't know. I get nervous. I don't know. This is blo- this is blowing my mind right now. I, what do you mean? I, I don't know. Like I, you're acting like, like you have a crazy hair color. It's it's a dark brown. Well, I just I did just do this, and I am very happy it's with really this pretty. one. But whenever I have someone else doing my hair in the salon, um, and I can't quite see how that highlight lifted, mm. I I can't tell them what toner to use. I can't. Mm. I I get it all wrong, and then it looks terrible, and it is my fault. So I just say, don't ask me. Do what you think. Do your thing. Do you give them any direction? Like, I want it to look like this. I want a cool. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. But as far as like, you know, uh, you can't use the same exact toner on people every single time because it's going to lift right. differently, you know? Right. So you have yeah. to have that eyeball to see, oh, there's a little more warmth or it did get really light this time. Do we need to add warmth or add cool or whatever? So yeah. no, I cannot formulate for myself. What we do somehow, I do for me, like, I really don't care. I think that's one of the reasons that. I don't that- care. My stylists are never afraid to do my hair because number one, I'm I, I'm like, I just don't care. 
I, right. I do not care. I don't even want to be sitting in this chair. Yes. So the, the whatever you can get done and get me out of here as soon as possible, I'm totally fine with it. So I think at the beginning, they were always terrified to do my hair. Like, oh, we're doing the owner's hair, blah, blah, blah. And then, yes. then it just became like, no one is even worried about it anymore because I'm just always been happy with whatever I get. But yeah. I do give them, you know, I could care so little that they know that I tend to air towards warmth. I like more warmth than I do like cool tones. So I'm like, I kind of give them more free reign to give them an idea. Like what I would love for it to look like would be mm-hmm. the perfect combination of 9V and 9GI. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. got it. You know, yes. so I definitely think there is some of that. You have to like give them a little bit of le- of of what you want, but then give them the and then trust ability them to too. do what they need to do. So have you um, ever worked with a stylist who is always getting their hair done, but never giving? Honestly, always taking no. advantage of that. I know. Yeah, I I have. I've worked with some stylists like that where they are just constantly getting their hair done. They're always nitpicking at it. They're always not liking something about it. And I'm like, you are the client that we all hate. Yeah. Do you no. not see that in yourself? Oh, oh actually, one time, here's a story. This was traumatic. I still remember this. Um, like it just happened yesterday. It was traumatic for me. I was maybe a year out of school. Oh, working, um, not my first salon, but my first salon in the area I'm in now. And um, one of the other girls who's my age has a ton of hair and had this little bob, but she had a ton of wavy hair. So it that's hard to cut. She asked me to cut her bob. Mm-hmm. I was very nervous because she's also very, very particular and would complain mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So I knew she was like that. So I start cutting and I actually started to get lost in mm-hmm. her haircut. Because I was only a year out of school. I was getting lost. That's the worst. And she could tell I was getting lost. And um, and I also cut very differently from her. And uh, so she started to get nervous. So that made me nervous. So in the middle of the salon, we're open for business. She calls over the senior stylist and says, hey, so-and-so, can you come fix this? Before you were even done? I was like literally doing her haircut. Yeah, like I was literally actively doing it. And so I had to step aside and watch the other stylist cut the rest of her hair. That is so traumatizing. He never asked me to cut her hair ever again, obviously. It was so traumatizing. It was now it did force me to like continue to learn and get better. So it never happened to me ever again. Um, Now I can cut a wonderful bob, but that was traumatic. So it can be hard, especially if you're a younger stylist. Um, cutting someone else's hair in your salon because that, that is scary. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of um, bobs, mm-hmm. I don't know if you just saw me with my phone, but I was trying to get a picture of you because mm-hmm. if you could see yourself in the camera, you have one side of your hair that's tucked completely behind and it looks like it's a bob. It does. Do you see it? I do. Yeah. You know, it's like when you're a kid and you're like, do I want to get my hair cut? And, you know, no, no. a turtleneck and you, you tuck it you in. You have a bob right now. And I'm, yeah. I'm just going to go on record saying I love your long hair. Thank you. I've done awesome. bobs before. Um, never again. I mean, maybe if it you never looks it. like this. It's usually like this. It's usually right. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll I'm... just do this because that's not. There we go. <laughs> there she is. It's getting, getting hot. I know. I'm literally you're speaking. Scarf. You're telling a story, and I'm over here trying to snap a picture of you. I because saw you. Like, that's the type of friend I am. Um, <laughs> I take a picture when she looks terrible <laughs> right now. <laughs> it wasn't terrible. It was just like you were talking about a bob, and you had a bob, so I had I to. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was great. Okay. So now let's go on to a totally new pathway. So I just had a situation, which was really cool. Actually, I don't even know if I told you about this. I had a stylist 
who came in to get her hair done by me from Idaho. Wow. Yeah. And she found me on our podcast. No way. Mm -hmm. Oh yep. my God. How did you not tell me this? I can't this believe I didn't so tell you this. exciting. Okay. Yeah. I had tell no idea. Okay. okay. I had no idea who she was. Um, she just booked online and she, she like comes in and like, I was like trying to remember, like, have I done her hair before? Cause I usually don't get like a bunch of new clients and you know, she must've booked it out a long time ago. And I'm like, hi, like, you know, how did you find me? She's like, okay, please, please don't be nervous. And like, don't think I'm a crazy person, but I found you on your podcast. And I was like, wow, that is so amazing. So you, you live locally. And she's like, no, I live in Idaho. Shut I was like, up. yes. Yeah. So she came in and then of course I'm like, oh, now I'm stressed. Okay. Now I'm nervous, and right. Now I'm so nervous. Okay. And like, and then you're like, okay, you don't want to nail this. So I'm like, okay, but I just like zend myself out mm -hmm. and I did the world's best consultation. And I just, I was like, you know what you're doing? Just do what you got to do. And I think, you know, we get so in our own heads when we're like, we're doing another stylist hair, but there's a reason Mm -hmm. We're coming to see you. Like, there's a reason that like, she said she like scoured my Instagram profile, has been following me for a while, watching what I do, et cetera. And, you know, you just have to trust yourself. And obviously in those situations, like she didn't like come to me and be like, hey, do you want to trade or do you want to do X, Y, and Z? Right. He just right. was coming in ready to pay for her service. So that was like a little bit of a different situation. So she was a listener. She's a listener of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Started following you on Instagram. Yes. Or seeing your work and mm -hmm. was like, she's my stylist. Right. Oh, if that is not like a, a, a advertisement for post your work on Instagram, I don't know what right. it is. Because people can I find know. out about, about us from anywhere, get awareness Correct. about us from anywhere. She did from the podcast, but in your local, it could be word of mouth or whatever. And then your work was like, okay, I have to get into her. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. that story. It was so cool. It was it was like one of the, the coolest moments of my career, I think. I was just like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this. And, you know, she's like, I'm, I can't come back every time, but at least I can give them, my people back at home, something to follow. Yes. And it was great. So it was it was one of like the highlights probably in the career, in my career. It yeah, was a very cool for moment sure. for me. What so, a compliment. Yeah. But then that kind of leads to, oh, thanks, to like, you know, have you ever been approached by a stylist in your area who doesn't work at your salon who's been like, will you do my hair? Would you want to trade? And how do you handle that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I haven't. No. Whenever I have a stylist that doesn't work at my salon, I've had a handful come in and I do their hair and they pay and they're mm -hmm. they're great clients. Um, but I've had that with people in different like estheticians, um, nail techs, things like that, where they want to trade. How do you handle that situation? Um, I used to. I used to trade. And then it it became one-sided with one person. Mm -hmm. And um, they were getting all the benefits of getting their hair done regularly. And the services that they offered, I wasn't really excited about them. Mm. And so I, I was like getting these services done and I didn't even want to. You didn't want to do it. Yes. I think that's uh, such that's hard. a key thing to talk about. Um, you know, I guess it's, we're not just talking about hairdressers, but other people in our industry. It's so important to really think hard, think hard about who you would want to trade with. Is it worth it? Or do you just feel obligated to do it? Yeah. Um, I used to do a lot of trading back in the day. And then I was like, I will never trade again. Like mm -hmm. it just got, it was awkward. It gets mm -hmm. to be awkward. And then not just for you, but maybe the other person as well, where they're like, 
you know, maybe if, what if they don't end up liking their hair and they want to go to someone else, but they owe you services or, you know, vice versa. And it's it messy. It gets real messy and we love messy, but like that's not that kind of messy, that, that kind of messy. So, um, I only trade with one other person now and, you know, that's the, my Botox lady mm-hmm. and we have a great arrangement and we always tell each other, like, look, if this no longer serves you, let me know. No, no hard, hard feelings. feelings. Yeah. No hurt feelings. And that's that's like we start setting expectations from the very beginning um, because you don't want to get in those trapped situations where you're like, now how do I get out of this? Yes. And that's where I was. And I, I definitely had to make like a hard move to get out of my bartering, my trading situation. And um, honestly, I think it it got broken during COVID. I think COVID broke oh, it. Oh, yeah. But it's we a great way to break we, it. Yeah, we can't really count on a national pandemic, a, a, <laughs> a, a universal pandemic in order to get us out of those situations. So just don't get in them. Right. Um, but it's, it's I I know sometimes, and, and I've had people say like, oh, you know, we could trade it. And I say to them, I'm like, I've done that before and it's not always a great situation for me. I know it may seem like we're just like exchanging money back and forth, but it's better that way. Agree. It's a lot better that way. Yeah, it, yeah, it just gets gets to be a little weird. So, you know, my last point that I want to make is um, I know that you have owned a commission salon and I want to talk about your stylist working for a commission salon or as an owner. Um, Obviously, we know that our appearance is very important and what we put off to clients. So as a commission stylist, how did you handle doing other stylist hair or doing those hair stylist hair or having your stylist do their each other's hair? Because everybody needs their hair done. How does that work in that salon? Yeah. I mean, I always encouraged them to do that. And if they both had openings, I I wouldn't let them block off time like in advance. But if it came to that day and it still still was open for both of them, then they could actually do it during the work day. And they would block off their times that morning if it hadn't filled yet. Mm -hmm. Um, They obviously could always come in on days off and do it. But I even allowed them to do it. If you guys are both open, then you're doing hair and you're practicing and you're getting better. Um, each stylist had to pay for their own color used for the, you know, the salon's color. Um, and then I let it be up to them, whether they bartered or paid each other that was on them that had nothing to do with me. So yeah, I always encourage them to have their hair done. Sometimes, um, we would have like hair nights, like a Friday night order pizza, do each other's hair. Um, those are fun. That is fun. I have seen other like commission stylists do or salons do like quarterly type parties. So like once a quarter, they would do um, like a big hair day. And then everybody would come in and they do like their big colors and different things together. And they would all work on each other. And I think that's a really cool way to food, get some (laughs) stuff, like put some fun music on and just everyone's running around with color on their hair. And it's fun. I think the greatest takeaway from this conversation is that it's important to be grateful and considerate of each other's time and to understand that you shouldn't expect to be getting your hair done for free, nor should others expect it from you. But as long as you have open communication, you're both on the same page that trading services is fine, but also paying for your hair is fine as well. So my biggest takeaway from this is this is a topic that nobody talks about, but it is so this like hidden unspoken thing of our industry that does sometimes give us some stress and worry. And 
Um, there's nothing worse than a hairstylist going way too long without having their hair done, how they, they like it. So I think we talk about communicating with each other, finding the system in your own salon that works, or do you need to go and find a stylist and travel from another state like Kelsey's client did, but we all need to get our hair done, but just communicate, be mindful of each other's time, pay when needed, give back when needed so we can all look fabulous every single day in the salon.